0: Hey, this is Eastlake BBA and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message.
1: All right, hello everyone. My name is Cornelia and I am an alcoholic. Cornelia. And I am a recovering alcoholic, which means that uh, God has lifted obsession to drink, and I'm still, not, um, I'm still not clear with God of what exactly is going on, but I do have thoughts of drinking daily, and I've had them for the f- last five and a half years of my sobriety. My um, sobriety, so Pat, you may regret inviting me here. <laughs> So, <laughs> everybody in my other group knows about all my different problems. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my sobriety date is January 3rd, 2014. Uh, so I had, um, I have over, you know, eight and a half years. And I am standing here only uh, due to grad's grace. And, you know, for years I have taken this, those two words very lightly. But when you think about it, how when I think about when I read and reread the pages, when thoughts of drinking come, you know, when I think of how how there is absolutely nothing besides God that states uh, stands in between me and the drink, it's pretty fucking significant. I don't know if I can swear here, but it's pretty significant. You know, Um, it's grace. I received this for nothing. When God uh, has restored me to sanity, when he has taken obsession to drink, I was not a good person. I did not do anything nice for anyone. I was abusive to everyone that were around me. I was stealing. I was hurting people and animals, my dogs. When I was drinking, I was a a totally uh, finished, morally bankrupt emotionally empty individual, and God has given me this gift. So I believe that gift is available for everyone. It has, if it has been given to me, it is available to everyone, you know, because I may look like this, you know, nice person. A lot of people tell me, oh, you're so kind, you're smiling, this and that, you know, but they are not able to see the spiritual unmanageability because it's inside. Right, and I have different personas, but when I was right now, there are a little bit more merged than there were before. But, um, you know, when when I when when God um, took away obsession to drink, um, that definitely was not the case, I was just straight evil, you know. And if that's the word, I have 500 uh amends to make, and those are not my sponsors, like, oh, you, you know, you probably don't have. We go one by one through them, all of them are like legit amends, okay? Like maybe four weren't, you know, and we're still like going through. So, um, so yes, so how do I qualify? Obviously, against my will, I have thoughts of drinking or desire to drink that's number 1 right against my if i were to choose i would like, not like not to feel that way not to have those thoughts i don't have a power over that so that's something i you know i use to remember to stay in touch with my step 1 because you know i need, in superiority because sometimes when obsession to drink is on to me, and I don't know if it's obsession or maybe fear or just, or just you know, fearful thinking, I'm not sure. But if, when I have those thoughts, I really cannot bring anything from my past that have happened to me that would prohibit me from taking the drink. I know it's all God, it's all God. And I think about it, you know, I'm like, okay, God. I have those thoughts i don't want to have those thoughts therefore i'm hopeless because that word hopeless is very much blurred at those times you know um so okay so i do sponsor that all of those things do not stop me from doing the program you know go to meetings very often pray and meditate each morning never ever. Maybe two or three times in the past three year, two, three years, I went to sleep without doing a nightly review. Uh, But I try not to do it, you know. Um no matter what I do, you know, a lot of in Alcoholics Anonymous people say no matter don't drink no matter what. I always thought that those people were better kind of people than me, like some kind of better grade of alcoholic if they're able to do no matter what. You know, I was not ever. Uh, not, uh, if it was, if it was up to me, I would definitely, you know, be drinking. But I wanted to. So you know, I sponsor people. I, you know, I take people through the work via BBA way because that's that's what saved my life. You know, I'm um, also recently God has shown me that you know. How I qualify also is, I'm not gonna give you how I, you know, this drunk alcohol how I drank, because there might have been, you guys might have drank differently. It's about not being able to leave it alone. There's like, it says in the book, one of the characteristics, it's not able to leave it alone. And you know, and I must have, even though I can't bring up all those situations when I not, was not able to, I remember that I was I decided not to drink in the morning and I'll be drunk by, now, by next day. I remember I decided uh, this time I feel so sick, I'm not going to do it. And I watched myself going to liquor store, you know, and going to liquor store was on a good day because bad days would be I was stealing from the bar I was working at. Um, so, uh, So yes, yeah, so, you know, God has shown me something recently. It is not about how much we drank, where we drank. I had a Spancy who drinks three beers a day and maybe not each every day and is a fucking hopeless alcoholic. Cannot not drink those three beers. Sometimes she drinks one and it's enough for her. Cannot not drink that one beer. And do you know what that did to me? I struggled and struggled with it, you know and finally it was shown to me it's just based on that inability to not drink you know we i don't have a choice in whether i'm going to lead this beautiful you know fulfilling life or i'm going to drink myself to death i just don't have a choice and this all brings me to it on page 23 i was actually reading this with my sponsor today and um it says we we have gone over the first part of physical um, of physical allergy right. Once I put it in an system game over. I wipe I wipe out all the plans for the next day, maybe two days. Nothing matters. Uh, I will justify it. I will just get drunk until I'm like you know absolutely my body cannot take it anymore. You know I would pour, drink more because I'm not trying to achieve this beautiful feeling of awe i'm just chasing i'm just feeding that craving you know it's not about feeling of ease and comfort anymore it's the craving i'm feeding and that is very that is something i've learned in bba but it matches i was i remember you know Uh, because otherwise i would drink three four drinks and i'd be satisfied because the feeling of awe you know would come but i didn't it didn't stop me It, it was just it was the itch i couldn't scratch um so then we're moving to the um, mental obsession. It says this observation would be academic, which is the physical allergy, or pointless if our friend never took the first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion. Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic center in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on the last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of hundred alibis. So that was like, that's... That, that's my experience, you know? I remember myself waking up next morning, sick to my stomach, smoked so many cigarettes. It's afternoon, my dogs are not walked. You know, I did, I broke my tooth, God knows what, you know, I, I, I texted people I shouldn't have. I did all those horrible things, you know? And I remember thinking, how did it happen? Because that mental obsession will push me. The idea that the drink sounds great will make me forget everything that has happened in the past so I can drink today, right now. And that's why it was almost as if I, you know, almost as if I were not there, but I was. And I thought, and the funny thing is. The whole time I had problem, I blamed myself so much because I thought it was me. I'm an evil person and I don't want it enough. you know. And maybe there was time when I didn't because there was party in it still. you know. One of my favorite speakers, he says, if there is still party in your drinking, then you may not be done. But for me, I remember when I really wanted to quit. I, I got into therapy group, I really wanted to get better and I was not able to quit. And he told me the is three more times and you're out. Um, And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know what am I gonna do? So I tried to space out those three more, three times. And I remember not being able to not drink, and why? Because I would, you know, I would get better physically. It would take a day, probably, or half a day, or maybe two days, and I would just start having idea and obsessive thinking, and it would talk to me and it would taunt me, and it would tell me, oh my gosh, you're gonna do this, it's gonna be so much fun, you know? And I would do it, no matter what consequences. And, um, you know, and sometimes these excuses have certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc of alcoholic drinks bout creates, and that's true. It's like those reasons why I shouldn't drink just did not cure. If they did, they were just so insufficient to like inadequate, not insufficient, but inadequate to my desire to drink. They were just so little and nothing mattered, you know. Um, And besides that, I couldn't tell the difference from false and truth. I couldn't tell. I was just so far gone. There was nothing in me that could tell. Okay. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice and drink. Our so called willpower becomes practically non existent. I remember drinking and thinking to myself, um, you know what? If someone, someone, no, well, that would be physical allergy. What's the best example for that? Um, You know, for example, I would have, I would want to, let's say, date someone, you know, and I would really, really try to make it look like I'm okay, like I don't have a problem. And I would say, hey, I'm not gonna drink, you know, I'm not gonna do it. And slowly but surely, it started, the relationship started going south. And then I, was kind of relief because I could drink again, you know? Mm. So it wasn't really, it, it was, there was no, I, at, at this point I wasn't even trying because I knew I tried so many times not to drink and I knew that I have no capability to say no and follow through. Uh, there was, the, there would come a time when my alcoholic brain alcoholic mind. I don't like to talk about my mind as an organ because brain has nothing to do with it. It's my fucking mind, you know, because I can be in meditation close to God. I still have a brain, but I don't have obsession. But, you know, that mind, when it starts talking to me, that's what it is. That's what's an alcoholic. That's what's the obsession, you know. And um, so it says we are unable at certain times to bring up to our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of suffering and humiliation of even a week or month ago, we are without defense um, against that first drink. So, uh, there is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his head on the stove. Alcoholic may say to, his, uh, to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, here is how. Um, and then it says, when this sort of thinking is fully established in individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go pen- permanently insane. So here it tells me that there is absolutely nothing that my mind can produce to stop me from drinking. My mind is actually going to fucking favor it. It's going to push me to it, you know. Um, in sobriety, I've had moments when i could not many many moments when i could not remember all the suffering of my alcoholism and drink sounded really great and you know at that moment i understand that uh, my sobriety is not through self-knowledge because i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be able to even wipe my ass with that you know when it comes it's it's non-existing self-knowledge i have a lot of knowledge i'm a, a fairly intelligent person you know I I am able to understand that 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? Vodka plus me equals death. I am able to understand that. However, I will understand it intellectually, but I will never apply it as my own experience when the obsession comes. So at that moment, I would pray to God on my knees. I'm like, God, I cannot remember how it was when I was drinking, but you remember. And... You remember for both of us and please keep me sober. Take what you want, give me what you want. I'm all yours. Um, I can't remember what happened to me, but I know I'm an alcoholic because of what's happening right now. I don't want it and it's still happening, so I must be an alcoholic, even though I'm not uh, not able to bring up uh, anything that had happened to me. So you see how fear doesn't work either, right? Because there is not gonna be a fucking fear when I wanna drink. There is no fear, it's excitement, you know, even though I was not and maybe I should have mentioned I was not a functioning alcoholic, I was not that three beer person. I was like a battle, you know I don't know in English like the the measurements, but I was drinking a lot you know i i I was living in a bed box, I you know tortured my dogs when I was drunk, I was stealing from the bar, I was putting myself in a very dangerous situation, you know i like it was, it was terrible, but all of this is supplemental to the fact that I was not able to stop and to the fact for me the most important with mental obsession is that the only reason why I'm here is because of God's choice for me to be sober. God's choice, not mine. I shouldn't even use choice in any of that. God's pick, God's grace, God's love. And I don't know why the fuck he loved me when I was so horrible, but he did, you know, and he can love all of us. So here uh, it says there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the progress requires for its successful successful consummation. Huh, why am I in this position with the thoughts of drinking coming back? Because I wasn't fucking doing program for years. I thought I was. But I was still holding on to that things from outside are going to make me happy. So I was going through life, engaging in spiritual sickness. And I thought it was great since I was, uh, you know, I was very um, surrendered to my sponsor. I thought I was surrendered to God. Um, I came to meetings religiously. I tried to sponsor people, but obviously you can't fucking sponsor people when you are evil, you know, and, um, and I don't talk about spiritual, like, I, I'm, I'm not, it's not Christian or anything, you know, I mean, I, even if it is, I, I hope that it doesn't bother anyone, I myself am not, Oh, maybe I am, I don't know what I am, but all I know is that I engage in it for years and years and years and God has kept me sober. He watched me doing all those things, you know, and that helps me with kindness because I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm so quick to like write someone out just because they did something shitty to me. How about God Watch me hurt people, get people fired in sobriety. A few months ago, I got someone fired, you know, and he has kept me sober. That blows my mind, you know. So what I have to do is like this leveling of our pride. It's like I see that each time you know I'm making I'm in a process of making amends, and I can see my ego. I can see it a little better. I can feel it a little better, you know. Um, my inability to surrender, you know, because I was in so much fear of what's gonna happen to me. Let me tell you quickly. For five years, I spent a lot of time of backstabbing. Uh, pushing up the hill, manipulating to get the position of the director in my firm. I got the fucking position and six uh, months later I wanted to kill myself. And I wanted to come back as administrative assistant to have a job at all. I spent five years circling and I went back to the same position I started at. That's what mental obsession is. That's what spiritual sickness is, you know. It drove me together to do stuff that were supposed to be beneficial to me. But how were they? You know, it almost uh, got me to drink again. It separated me from everyone and I have 500 amends. So yeah, I hope you guys, this is my time. I hope you guys, under, because I'm always so all over with my shares, but I hope you understand one main thing for me, and that is that the only reason that there is a sobriety in, in the rooms, it's not because of the 12 steps or, or the program, but because of the God. This is needed to get to God. That's a method to get to God, but try to take God out of these 12 steps and see if it works. Okay, thank you.
2: Hello everyone, Arlene, alcoholic, drug addict. Arlene. Wow, mental obsession. <laughs> um, I'm fairly new, and that's what we're studying right now in <laughs> the workshop, which, you know, is perfect today. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's the way we, we think even though we went through so many things um when that feeling of wanting to drink comes like none of that even it's like it never happened like you it, it didn't happen uh saturday my kids left to magic mountain and i stayed home alone and i was getting bored and I ended up going out with some of my girlfriends. I had told them like, no, I don't you know, I, I, I don't want to drink. They know that I'm I'm, you know, coming to my meetings. So they're like, Okay, we'll go with this, we'll dance a couple of hours and we won't let you go anywhere near the you know, the bar and we'll go somewhere where they don't have, you know, like bar like waiters coming to ask you for a drink and and you'll just drink mineral water the whole time so i did but you know while i was there i was like man why would i put myself in a situation where i know i'm like this close to getting a cold beer and the mineral water did help because at least it was you know bubbly (laughs) but um but yeah it's like i i just i've gone through so many things i've there was a time when I, i i was raped and I mean, I don't remember it, but I, I, you know, the next day you wake up and there's bruises and bite marks all over you. And I was still drunk later that night and the next weekend and the weekend after that and the weekend after that, and, you know, still around the same people, not that person, but still around the same people. And it's it's just crazy, because all these things happen and yet you get the itch to want to drink or to want to do a little drug so you can get that nice numb feeling and everything that happened just goes out the window and I remember a lot of times like how or why do I why am I so here getting drunk or you know why did I go and get drunk and I, I was supposed to you know do this this and this and especially my youngest you know like you told me you were gonna take me here, you told me you were gonna, you can't take your kids anywhere, you're like so hungover. And, and um, us Mexicans have this thing about, you know, the best way to cure a hangover is with another, with another, <laughs> you know, getting drunk again. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, just the amount of ways that I, I let down my kids, that I let myself down, that I, I put myself in some pretty bad places. Um, you know, there was times where I probably wouldn't even be here. And and it's weird because um, we think we're hiding from God. But when I think about those times, it's like, man, even while I was drunk and all, you know, coked out, obviously God was still with me, you know, because cause I'm still here. Like the day I got my DUI, there, there was a few times that something just told me do not get in the car with that man do not you know and just like little stuff and later on i you know find out that he did something really horrible to someone else and it's like oh my god but you know your 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 crazy mind it you it's thursday night or wednesday night and everyone's gonna hit the club or all your cousins are drinking, and and there you go again. And it it's just that mental obsession is something else. And honestly, like you said, without God, like you just you can't do it. You know, by this time I I'd, I'd be drunk like every Friday, occasionally, a couple times during the week, which is something that I used to always tell myself that I would never, I was never gonna do. It was, buying a beer before going into work because i was still hungover and um yeah if if you don't apply this the spiritual aspect to this program you're not going to be able to to like make it to the next 24 hours in the next 24 hours um the just showing me on 86 it's on page 86 are you you just gotta wake up and then, you know pray and ask God to, to, to help with the thinking because that was something that was really screwing me up um, and, and we were very obsessive people so you know I was still going through the breakup and, and as soon as I would wake up I you know like there's just thousands of things in regards to that and it's like why am I doing that? like my head hurts like I, I don't even want to think about the person but why am I still doing that and of course those feelings and those emotions lead you to want to go get drunk. So, um, you know, it it does take a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, and, um, yeah, without that, I won't be able to make it another 24 hours. Thank you.
3: Okay, I am David, and I am an alcoholic. And I'm so grateful, you know, to be here and be okay, you know, with uh, no big fears, you know, no big remorse, you know, because, uh, you know, this mental obsession, my gosh, I mean, imagine living every single day of your life where you screw up mind, you know, just thinking about what the hell you're doing wrong was, you know, that was all my life since I remember. You know, I mean, um, Cornelia was sharing about, uh, you know, she uh, uh, hurting dogs, you know, and hurting, you know, I, I hurt everybody that was in my path, you know, when I was drunk, you know, and that was almost every day. You know, I live years and years and years of my life that I do not remember. I went to London one time and I just remember for the pictures. If my ex-wife didn't show my pictures, you know, I, 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 I don't remember most of the stuff. You know? So, so it is, uh, you know, a, a, a crazy way to live, you know? Um, uh, Cornelia was saying, you know, things, you know, like no matter what you do the day before or a couple of days before, no matter how much people you heard, how many, uh, things you, 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 crazy things you did, you know, like crashing your car. You know, I, one time I remember, you know, uh, I was so drunk and I had my kid, you know, was five years old with her, with his little friend, you know, and, uh, and I was drunk. And, uh, and uh, I crossed it, uh, uh, the, the cabs were going to an accident, you know, and I, I can hear the, 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 the sirens ringing, you know, so I crossed the damn street, you know, and then the cab just crashed into me, and the whole, uh, you know, uh, car was, you know, he, his uh, patrol car was almost to my, to my, to, my uh, 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 to the side that I was driving, you know, and I tried to be level, be level on him, you know, he almost lost his job, you know. And, uh, and uh, I almost killed my son and his friend, you know. And uh, uh, the reason I, I, I'm telling you all these little things I can go on and on because nothing is told me for drinking. My mental obsession was always, you know, I'm not going to do it and I'm not going to do it again and I'm not going to do it again. And that's exactly what I did over and over and over again, you know. I I lost my family. I lost my, my my job. I lost my my houses. I I, I did you know uh, lost friends you know because I was unmanageable you know I just cannot stop my my mental obsession you know you know me m- 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 thinking of living without booze it was a hurt you know uh, uh, when 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 alcohol become my God, I can't stop thinking about alcohol, you know? When I was in, you know, I, I stayed a lot of times sober for a long time, but it was always in my mind. It was always, you know, thinking, you know, one day I'm gonna drink again. And, you know, we go into a mental obsession right now to, to, to the, you know, to the workshop, you know? And my gosh, everything, I read it, I read these things, you know, no matter what, you know, these guys that, you know, he crosses cutting street like, Five hundred times, you know, and didn't stop for, for nothing, you know. Uh, 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 that was me. No matter how many times I felt, you know, how, you know, one time, I went, you know, I, we excuses, all the excuses, you name it, you know. I, used, I I'm, 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 a chef, so I, I always work in the, in, you know, in the food industry, you know. So every Saturday in the country club where I work, we used to go out. All the waitresses and waiters and cooks and everything, you know. One time, I remember, I you know, I came back to work next day, and nobody, no my cooks were there, none of them, because I fired them the day before, and I didn't remember. So I was calling them and telling, them, hey, what the hell are you? I said, you know, one of, you know my my chef said, you know, you fired me yesterday, goddamn, I don't remember stuff, you know. And 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 and, and, and I swear in my knees a hundred times that I was not going to drink again, and I decided, over and over and over and over again. Imagine, you know, living like that. You know how tired your mind has to be. You know how uncomfortable you live. You know, always, always, always. You know this thinking. You know going like the person. You know over, over and over and over again. This, this, you know the, uh, about that, is, that you know that you're doing something wrong, but you cannot stop it. You cannot stop it for nothing, you know. My, 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 uh, 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 a day of thinking that I don't have a near uh, liquor store near me—it it was, driving me crazy. You know, just my first thing before I go to sleep every night is, where is the bottle? What is, what, what, what is, uh, my statue, any, 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 kind of booze? You know. Another was I—I never had peace in my in my life. You know. So that's the way I live and, you know, my entire life is thinking about, you know, why I have to think about alcohol and I can't stop. For, you know, same thing over and over and over again. You know, that's what I, you know, I, uh, every time I, I, uh, I share, you know, BBA, you know, it's like, uh, the best thing that it can happen to me, you know? Uh, is like, uh, oh my God, you know, God, thank you again, because I found God in this program. I'm going all over the place, you know, right now, because I, I you know, I'm maybe a little tired or whatever the case may be. But uh, I always uh, um, remember the day I had my, 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 uh, uh, spiritual awakening in this program. And ever since, I have known the same. You know, ever since, my life changed. You know, the mental obsession is in there, but, you know, not as it, as it used to be before, you know. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I work with a lot of alcohol, you know, and I always had to order extra because I'm afraid that, you know, for my, you know, for my personal use. So thank you for letting me share,
4: you.
3: and thank you, Cornelia, for sharing.
4: Wow, never think I'd be up here sharing, but uh, my name is Casey. I'm an alcoholic drug addict. Uh, mental obsession. I'm still working on that. It's it's tough. Um, I was hospitalized last year because I was I started actually I left exactly seven years ago to the weekend, Memorial weekend. And I left to go work on airports in Phoenix, Salt Lake, and LAX. And I would use the excuse that my work is stressful and I would drink. And I think it was the fact that I was by myself and no one was watching me. And I would drink and drink and that last year I would get, came to a point where I was drinking so much vodka a night, maybe a handle, half a handle that I woke up one morning and my heart was beating 200 beats per minute. I, was, I called my cousin to take me to the hospital and I, like, I went to triage. I said something that I shouldn't have said in triage so they, they marked me 5150. Um, I had someone watch me and they thought I was going to hurt myself or somebody and I didn't know what was going on. So I was in the hospital for five days, two days in recovery. They sent me to the psych ward for 36 hours and that was life changing. Unfortunately, not life-changing enough because the mental obsession was still there. After getting out of the hospital, I stayed sober for maybe five days and then that mental obsession came back. I thought I was gonna quit. I thought going to the hospital and the doctor telling me I was gonna die for me to say, I'm done. Unfortunately, it wasn't. I was drinking the next within five days. My roommate was looking at me like, dude, you just got out of the hospital. Can you at least wait? A week, and I was like, "No, oh, dude, I'm good. I'll just take the meds that the doctor's giving me, and hopefully, I'm fine." Um, it wasn't until that I realized, you know, I needed God to do this. It was it was tough. I tried to do it by myself. I tried to go to a therapist. Um, saw a couple of therapists who actually didn't work, and I probably drank more because of them. Uh, but. Ultimately, it was just me one night looking at myself and saying, hey, God, I can't do this. Um, I've been addicted to everything from methamphetamines when I was 18 to ecstasy to cocaine. I failed to realize that every time I did get off of those drugs, it was because of the grace of God. And it was weird that I couldn't find that same resolution in drinking until... Uh, I, I faced it myself and realized you know, it was me and God in the room saying, hey, I, I don't know what to do. I don't want to die. I don't want to go back to the hospital. They already took my guns from me, um, which is probably a good thing. And I said, you know what? Let's do this. And I got a hold of my therapist and she said, look to see if your local church has it. And lo and behold, I jumped onto the Eastlake website says there's alcohol recovery Luis's name was on there emailed him I said hey what do you got I'm at my wit's end God's telling me and my, probably through my therapist you know this is what you gotta do um, mental obsession is still there I asked Luis all the time I said hey when is this gonna go away and it says in the BBA it's gonna eventually go away I still haven't found out when it is Cornelia <laughs> I'm with you there It's it's there I mean Everywhere you look, I was living in LA, there was a liquor, liquor store on every corner. It was never, never going away. Like, you you, 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 you spoke to me when you said, looking at a liquor store drives you crazy. There's lights on the liquor store and it just flashes and it just, that thing in your mind's like, hey, look, hey, it's like, it's like Las Vegas for gamblers, you know? So, the mental obsession is hopefully gonna go away. The book says it is. I believe that it is going to go away, but you got to do the work. I mean, I I commend Cornelia. I'm trying to do the meditation, you know, the journaling, the nighttime, you know, review of what you did during the day, and I think it's helping. Um, I still have that, that urge every day like you do. I pray about it all the time. Thank God that I'm home, that I'm not alone living in the city where No one is holding me accountable. Um, My family's here. They see me every day, so I feel like I'm being held accountable for what I do. I feel like I don't want to let my family down anymore, and I do want to live healthy and long and and see my niece grow, my parents die before I die. And it's it's actually awesome to see this group here, and I'm glad to be here. And um, I'm working on it. I know everybody is too and I'm waiting for the day when that <laughs> that mental obsession goes away until then we're putting in the work thanks everyone
5: <clears throat> my name is Oliver. and I'm not an colleague <throat> Cornelia thank you so much that was that was amazing that was desperate <laughs> that was amazing that's how we lived you know and in, in the you know i've been so blessed the mental obsession has gone away for a while i'm blessed 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 beyond belief it's hardly today that i think about using but when did the miracle happen you know i mean i think that cornelia said something that it's key to all this process you know it tells us what our problem is but it also tells us what it is that we didn't want to do in order for the obsession to be removed so brother if you hang in there and if you stay here and do the steps you know and in my experience right now we're going through the workshop about uh, through the mental obsession right and the mental obsession is so cunning and so baffling it's so powerful it's just just powerful man your body takes over your mind and there's no rational thought that will keep you away from drinking but <clears throat> as you move on on the steps and, and, and you go to the third part of the first step and start talking to you about spirituality there's a reason why we drink. It's not all the body, it's not all the mind. There's a third component that we are made of, and that's the spirit, the spirituality of it, right? And the book, or, or the work calls it the spirituality. And you know, when I understood that, and when I was really able to see why it is that I couldn't stop because life is okay, if I don't drink and I don't take it wrong, everything is okay. But I, I, I wouldn't seem to go past that, right? If I was depressed, I did it. If I was happy, I did it. If I was afraid, I did it. It was just a matter of doing it. But I was doing it to feel something. I always call it a hole in my stomach, you know, a void that I was born with. And no matter what I put in that hole, it never got, it never got filled. But until I didn't read it, until I didn't understand it, until I didn't experience it, I couldn't make any sense of why in the hell I couldn't stop drinking, man. Or drugging, in my case. I'm a drug addict. So, I mean, the, 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 the beauty and the promises of this program are so huge, they're so enormous, that it requires something of you, and that's work. And, and, and uh, you know, I have a friend of mine that says that suffering, for suffering's sake, it's a mistake if I choose, choose to shoot the, to suffer, I have to suffer with with a goal, man, with, with intention. I mean there has to be something on the other side, you know. And today I suffer like this, you know, when I do suffer, because suffering is inevitable. Drunk or sober, man, that thing stays with you. And only God has the power to remove that, right? And the work. So I guess that what I wanna say is that the mental obsession does go away and goes away. It's been a long time. I seldom think about using it like that. If I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a drug addict and alcoholic, but it does not rule my life anymore, man. But that didn't come until I saw why. I know how I do it. I know what I do, but I didn't know why I did it. And that's the third part of the first step, man. That's unmanageability. Why is my life unmanageable? What it is that I'm trying to look in alcohol and drugs. What it is that that feeling feels, that that high feels, you know, and that's that void that I, that I was born with. man. that's what I think I'm, I'm, my disease is, is, my spirituality, that it's manifested in my drinking. So <clears throat> keep on doing the work, man, if you're not doing the steps. I mean, Mario Digo Luis took me through the steps. He's a great guy, man, great man. And the miracle will happen for all of us, man, as we walk through the steps, when, I don't know, for friends of mine, it wasn't the third step for me, it wasn't the fifth step. for others are in the ninth step. I mean but, but it does it does happen. And God will manifest himself whenever He seems be. has nothing to do with you man. <laughs> That's a spiritual awakening, but I don't know, I just, I'm just so blessed that I don't have the yet. Uh, the the mental obsession anymore for drinking i do have a mental obsession for controlling thinking that i can still fix my life sometimes and it applies to everything and my mental obsession has to be given away to god and all of it not only drinking relationships work everything and god's and god has done miracles in my life and continues to do it every day in my life so man you're welcome to all the, to you man welcome and thank you so much for me
6: Hey, good evening everybody. My name is Nick, and I'm an alcoholic. I can't remember where it's located. I think it's in page six. I'm going to have to find it real quick, and then maybe you can start the timer. Maybe, I don't know. You guys decide. not run the show anymore. Oh man. I thought it was in six. Maybe it's in seven. Ah, it's in six. Yeah, my brain raced uncontrollably and there was a terrible sense of impending calamity. There was something about that particular sentence that Bill wrote in his story that really, um, that kind of opened my mind to exactly what was going on with me. I have five kids um, ranging from ages 24 to 17 months, 18 months this month, 18 months, beautiful girl. Oh, wow. Um, So I love kids, right? Um, I, I, I read this book my wife gave me this book um, I started reading about how to be a good father to a daughter uh, I have a daughter, she doesn't really like me a whole lot so uh, I figured I'd read a book on how to make sure that the little one likes me growing up um, and uh, it, it's written in there the, the frontal cortex of the brain the part of the, your brain right? That develops, uh, enables human beings to be able to make good decisions, like the decision making processes that occur in your brain, that stops developing around the age of 25, 26 years old in human beings. So that's, I love facts, right? That's a fact. Uh, That's a scientific fact. So when I think about that, and I think about That sentence, right? What what does that sentence mean to me? My brain raced uncontrollably with an impending sense of um, impending calamity, right? Fear. Right? So I started drinking when I was like 15 years old. That is probably where it started. No. No, it started, uh, my dad was uh, severely physically and mentally abusive to me since as long as I can remember. I can't remember a day where my dad didn't lay into me. Um, so, why do kids lie? They're scared of getting in trouble. Believe it or not, when kids know that they're going to get in trouble, they lie. Guess why adults lie? Because we're scared of getting in trouble. Because <laughs> we, we're kids. Um, not much changed with me, right? I, w- I was just a kid. I didn't know any better. Um, I didn't know how to process feelings. I knew what I was doing was wrong. Um, So I drank, right? I didn't have to fear anything when I was drinking. The fear went away. I lived my entire life in fear, uh, constant fear. And then there's this theory about fight or flight. I think everybody's probably knows what I'm talking about, fight or flight you have a decision to make. Uh, Are you going to run or are you going to stand your ground? Most people nowadays would probably run. I would run. I'm a coward. Um, That's what I did. I ran to the liquor store. (laughs) That was easier than dealing with my problems, right? That was easier than than standing and, and kind of facing my problems head on. It was easier to just run to the liquor store and to not feel that fear anymore. I've been broken my whole life. Um, The mental obsession for drinking, uh, I don't think about it all that much. I think the, the cunning and baffling and powerfulness of this disease tells me every now and then, you're cured. (laughs) I don't think about the good times when I drank Because I never had a good time when I drank I like to think I did I was partying at the clubs too I remember those days I wasn't having fun After doing my inventory I didn't have any fun I wasn't having any fun at the bar No matter how many girls I hit on No matter who I did what with Or anything like that I didn't have any fun doing it I was a scared little kid I was a scared little kid, and I didn't know how to process certain things. And when I started drinking at the age of 15, that's when I ceased to grow up. And then I stayed an adolescent child to the age of 39 when I finally decided that I had enough. So I'm a little over two years old now. Well, no, I was 40. I'm a little over two years old now. And it sucks. Uh, having to deal with life on life's terms, mm. it is not easy. Mm. This brain is, this brain is super, 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 super broken. And that's why I keep coming to places like this because I know I got a long way to go before I, I can even begin to think or assume that I'm somewhat fixed, but I'm still sober and I know it's not me doing it. So yeah. Thanks for letting me All right.
0: Hi, Luis Alcoholic. Hi, Luis. Cornelia, thank you so much for your beautiful share. Um, So much of it reminded me of my mental obsession. Uh, You know, there's a couple things that you said. You closed with try to take God out of the steps, out of the 12 steps. And you also kept bringing up, and it was brought up by someone else, God's grace. You know, and um, the... Paragraph I think that you read, Uh, page 24. The fact is that most alcoholics for reasons yet obscure have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We're unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and the humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are, we are without defense against the first drink. And you know, uh, if this is a disease, the symptoms of this disease is what we all have in common. You know, uh, there's just a little bit of tweaks in our stories. But when you were sharing, I was like, yeah, that was me. I wake up from a blackout at 6 a.m., and by 6 p.m., I had like 100 reasons why I should drink, whether it was, like you said, excitement celebration, I made some money, I didn't lose some money, I made, closed the deal, whatever. And I thought I could control it, because if I just focused on the parts that I could recognize, but not until I got here did I realize, did I know I never stood a chance. This thing, there's three parts to this thing, and I never really stood a chance. But I thought, I, I thought, I always thought I had a chance, because um, I had been successful in some areas of my life. But when it came to alcoholism, it's a beast. And it had mastered me. And so the note I wrote down was, a, I was obsessed with control and with God's grace and tapping into this new power. Today I have a choice, right? And uh, the mental obsession did lift for me Around four months. I wasn't even aware of it like I like I Tyler asked me to speak in Old Town and uh, On step two I went back and I was writing a lot of notes Daily notes and I went back into this big binder that I had and I just kept flipping to figure out if I had made a note of and I did I found it I, I I got here on 25th of November 2014 And sometime around March of 2015, I wrote, The Mental Obsession Has Lifted. And you know it because there's suddenly this shift. Like for me, it was suddenly I was on fire for everything that was going on in here. And, and you know, um, it's spiritual growth. And then later I would discover something about spiritual maturity. And so as my mind shifts away from my old lifestyle and trying to rebuild my sandcastle to suddenly I'm all about the 12 steps, God, my higher power and everything, all these doors that are opening. And as I step through one door and another door opens and another opportunity happens. And suddenly like, it's like, you know, uh, you know, my relationship with God goes from HP to Higher power to God to Papa, and then I'm talking to him about I want to partner with you with all of this you know and uh and it's a in a relationship it's the conversation and it's two way right and suddenly it's like uh thoughts are coming into my mind that I know that they're not from me because uh i I don't think like that. Or I, I you know, and so, you know, uh, it takes time. And, you know, for some of us, it comes pretty quick. And for some, and for others, it takes time. And, you know, and I just pray for, for you, Cornelia, and for Casey, and anyone else that's listening and still suffering from this mental obsession. I pray that God would literally just remove that, you know, and, um, and set you free from it. The way that we've experienced it, some of us that have shared tonight, and, um, and you know, uh, there was a guy named Paul who said he had a, he suffered from a thorn in his eye, and unfortunately God never removed it from him, but it, but he, it humbled him, and he said, you know, uh, when I'm, when I am weak, then I am strong, and um, God blessed them in amazing ways, and so, um, Thank you for for being here tonight. Thank you for letting me share.
7: Actually, I can do it really short so we can both go. Yeah. I'm just an alcoholic and codependent. (laughs) Um, uh, Cornelia, that was a fantastic share. Thank you so much. Um, And um, this may not be relevant, but I do have to say because I have been a language teacher, and I have a feeling it's not your first language, and it's really impressive to do it in another language that's not maybe your first language. So I did notice that because um, <laughs> I've done that, and it's hard. <laughs> um, I, the mental obsession, I, I, I had it really bad for six months. And um, the first time I tried to get sober. And I mean, I literally would go to two meetings a day and I'd leave the meeting and there'd be, it was at college, there'd be signs for like parties and my eyes were like, boom, like it was just absolute like Velcro. I was, I just, that's it, I, I, I had it. And um, it, it was really, um, it was really scary. So I don't have anything more brilliant to say um, than that, other than I just thank you for sharing about the grace of God. I think there's so many examples tonight of God's grace working in people's lives. And just from listening to your story, I was thinking they say, God loves babies and drunks. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, but it's, it's so true because, like, God, so many of us, you know, myself included, how many times could we have killed little children or things and it didn't happen and just unbelievable, you know, there must be a reason that uh, we're here. Here's a mission. Here's a test if your mission in this life is complete. If you're alive, it isn't. Thank you. <laughs>
8: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired. Didn't feel like Uh, sharing. Uh, Thank you, Cornelia. That was really. uh, I always love when you share. It's always really powerful. Pat, alcoholic, drug addict. Uh And I love that you talked about the grace of God because that is um, that is exactly how I got sober. Um, And yeah, the obsession, uh, was removed. I think, um, it took about a year, you know, for it to be fully removed, but, uh, um, and not that I don't think about it today, but, um, you know, it just just doesn't last, you know, it's not, I'm not obsessed like I was. Um, it's like you said, I would, I would, in, in all, uh, sincerity, I would, tell myself I'm not gonna drink today and then I would drink anyway, or I'm, I'm not gonna drink when I have the kids and I would do it anyway, or whatever. I would always, uh, you know, have some stupid excuse, some trivial excuse for why I'm drinking. And, um, and, you know, the book talks, the book says, you know, reasons yet obscure. We don't know why alcoholics don't have the ability to, to choose um and it also says you know um and there's a solution that if you ask an alcoholic why he started on the last bender he might give you excuses but he also might you know tell you that in his heart he really has no idea why (laughs) and um and i i do remember saying that you know i i've run out of excuses and and the people who you know cared about me whether it was my wife or my mom or they would say that what's wrong with you you know it was that and i i don't know i really didn't know because i started at a very young age and um and i didn't know why i really didn't um i just could not be sober so yeah um god definitely uh saved me and um it's in god's grace i've been able to to continue um doing this work and um taking other people through and uh and god's given me a pretty good life you know i've got a a pretty good life because of that you know um so i i'm grateful thanks
0: if you enjoyed today's podcast we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com you can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.